Welcome to the Journey Daily Podcast for Tuesday, March 30th. My name is Natalie, and I am here with Luke. Say hello. Yo, yo. It's a podcast, so people need to hear you. Oh, yeah, they have to hear my voice. Yeah, they have to hear your voice. This is Luke, and we are jumping into day Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, day three of our devotional Um, and daily podcast, accompanying daily podcast. Here we are. Where we're at in the story is uh, we've talked about Mark 11 being a turning point. 10 kind of is the turning point. 11, uh, Jesus arrives in Jerusalem. And yesterday we chatted with Chris about um, the, the background for the book of Mark and talking about Jesus as the suffering servant. And today... We're going to draw back to the Old Testament again, but from a passage in Mark chapter 12. So Jesus arrives in Jerusalem, and then the first place he goes, he hits the temple. Okay? Like, I arrive in the city, first place I go, it's either tacos or coffee, you know? Facts. Always tacos. Yeah. I love tacos. Luke made fish tacos the other day. Oh, they were good. It was a big deal. I was pretty excited. Yeah. No complaints. Yeah. No. <laughs> all tilapia all day. They were wonderful. Um, my roommate, Sydney, she made pico de gallo and pickled onions. She did. It like, it made the tacos. Anyways, yeah. it was a good time. So first place I hit when I go to a city, tacos or coffee, depending on the time of day, depending how I'm feeling. I'm getting hungry now and I'm thinking tacos. I've had my coffee. Anyways. <laughs> Jesus hits Jerusalem, and the first place he goes is the temple, and he starts teaching. And for most of Mark so far, he's been teaching, and he's been performing miracles, but it hasn't been in Jerusalem. He's kind of given the religious leaders their space. He's presented himself to the world and allowed people to decide for themselves who they believe Jesus is. Now he's arrived in Jerusalem, and he goes to the temple, and he starts teaching, and it's bold, and it's His teaching's ruffling some feathers. No doubt. No doubt. So we are going to pick up the story in Mark chapter 12, and we are going to read a section from this chapter. And then Luke is going to talk about how it relates to the Old Testament. Now, Luke and I are engaged, and uh, that means we're going to be married. And I would say, like, Luke... Mm, you're not that much of a night owl, actually. I'm no. just, I'm trying to contrast here. I'm like definitely a morning person. Luke would prefer to sleep in. Yeah, maybe till 8, 8.30 if we're pushing things. Yeah. I'm a coffee drinker. Luke is more kombucha. And mm. then Luke is more Old Testament and I'm more New Testament. That's basically where I'm trying yeah, to bring this. Yeah, that's the compare and contrast if we're... Yeah, if we're, Luke would be the doing. brains. I would be the beauty. I think you're both. Okay. I think I'm... I think it's true, but I think I'm also obligated to say that she's both. Uh, Anyways, so he's Old Testament, I'm New Testament. I'm going to read from the New Testament, and then Luke is going to expound upon where this comes from. That's That's what it is. So if you're with us right now, if you're still following, if we haven't lost you yet, would you find a Bible or the Bible app or Bible Gateway on the internet and find... The New Living Translation version of Mark chapter 12. And we are going to pick up the story in verse 28. And I am going to read about the most important commandment. So here we go. Mark 
Chapter 12, verse 28. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Actually, I feel like I should pause. Okay, for some context, yes, Jesus is teaching and it's ruffling some feathers. And Jesus is about to answer a question. But like, how many times do we see Jesus directly answer a question? Usually he just answers a question with a question, right? That's true. I think that is what he does. That's like the classic. Like, this might be the only time that Jesus actually responds to a question with an answer. Yeah. He knows what he has to say. Yeah. Okay. So rather than answering with a question, Jesus is going to answer. Verse 29. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of religious law replied, Well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know that it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much this man understood, Jesus said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Dang, that's good. Pretty cool. Yeah, I like, I, I just noticed no one dared to ask him any more questions. It's like he just answered all the questions, you know? It, mic drop. Mic drop. That was a mic drop from Jesus. Like, yeah, after like all this stuff about taxes for Caesar and talking to Sadducees about the resurrection of the dead, and you know? Yeah, yeah. And there's all these like, people are trying to throw these trick questions at him. And he's like, I just oh, yeah. answered it all. Yeah, yeah, totally. People people in cities think they're clever, right? Is that is that what people uh, everywhere. Yeah, people everywhere think they're clever. Even in Alberta, I don't think there's any cities there, but people in Alberta think they're clever. There are cities in Alberta, Luke. <laughs> okay. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, Luke tell us how does this relate to the Old Testament? Like like why why is Jesus's response of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself? Why is that a mic drop? Why is that a mic drop? it's just a response. It's just a response. What could he be doing? What's Jesus actually talking about? I think it's actually such a wild situation that we're seeing here. Like Jesus is quoting two very specific things. So the first thing he's saying is he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Um, he says, you love, love the Lord. And then he says to love your neighbor as yourself. He says that's the one greatest commandment. Kind of cheeky, but it's like kind of too... It's, first of all, that's kind of whack. It's two greatest commandments, yeah, really. Two greatest. He's kind of like, it's not one. It's Yeah, and it's not in any particular order, like the first and then the second greatest. It's just the one greatest commandment. But I think, let's talk about the love your neighbor as yourself situation. Okay, so I think, the second one? Yeah, the or second. Or the second half? We're going to start with the second half here. It's the second half of one answer. Yeah, but last but not least, you know what I'm saying? And so when we talk about... What Jesus is actually quoting here is something from Leviticus 19, which is way back in the Old Testament. So that's, I believe, the fourth book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Exodus. Leviticus, third book of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, Leviticus. 
Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's right. So he's quoting Leviticus 19. And this is a book all about, we'd say it's Levitical law. And so it's kind of like God's law code. It's like if you're reading the Constitution of Canada, like that's kind of what you're reading here that, that Jesus is quoting from. So it's like if you were to read this, the first thing you would read is like God saying, how are priests to become ordained? Okay, random, like very, it's like reading an instruction manual. And then you also read like, how are sacrifices to be done? Okay, cool, like another instruction manual. And then you read, there's something afterwards they talk about the Day of Atonement, which is like how this specific celebration is supposed to be done, like super instructional. And then there's moral law. And it's like, how are people supposed to act? Which is like, could you imagine reading that? Like you're reading all these laws, like no double parking, like no U-turns here. And then it's like, love your neighbor as yourself. Like what? (laughs) Like what is actually happening here? And so that's one thing that Jesus is quoting from. So he's saying, love your neighbor as yourself in this sort of law code is what he's quoting from, which is just, it's actually really wild. So that's one thing. That's the second half. Now, if we're talking about the first half of what Jesus says is the, the most important commandment, is he's quoting something called the Shema, S-H-M-A, I believe, if you were to turn Hebrew letters into English letters, which I don't think you can do. Um, but the Shema is this really wild concept that we almost have nothing to compare it to. Um, the Shema is when Jesus says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That is basically something that if you were in a Jewish community starting, well, if you're in a Jewish community, this is something you'd recite three times a day. Mm -hmm. And we have nothing like that in our time right now. It's like, I don't know, for some of us, maybe we listen to the same song three times a day. Maybe it's more than three times a day. But after like a month or two, it's like you get pretty sick of that song. And But so if you can imagine how well you know the song that you listen to three times a day, like you know all of those lyrics super well. I check Instagram three times a day. Yeah, it's true. I know how stories work. Like I check my DMs. They're empty. Um, but like I know how it works. It's like within my bones, I totally understand these lyrics or these things that I do three times a day. But if you were a Jewish person, if... Some If somebody recites this to you, it's like, you know, automatically. It's like, oh, they're referencing this thing that we do three times a day. That is the most important thing. And so I think the Shema is just something that's so wild. It's something I don't think we really talk about that much. It's something that's kind of mystical and different. Um, and so Jesus is quoting these two things. One is in Deuteronomy 6. It's the Shema. And then the other is the law that you are supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. Sounds kind of random. Pretty random. Is it random? Is it random? Well, I think Jesus articulated it pretty carefully. Like, I, it feels very intentional. Like, here's this thing we reference three times a day, and then I'm referencing the law is what Jesus is essentially doing, mm-hmm. saying is the most important commandment. So, okay, let's take a step back here. Jesus has arrived in Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and at this point in the story people have like begun to sort of hail him as a great teacher Mm -hmm. 
Um, many people would have heard of him based on the miracles he's performed in Galilee. So people are a little mystified about this Jesus. Totally. And then he comes to the temple mm -hmm. where the religious elite find themselves having all of these religious conversations and they start challenging Jesus on his knowledge of mm -hmm. their religion and self-understanding of the world. Mm-hmm. And when they ask Jesus, what's the most important commandment? So you in your life, what is the most important thing to live by? What do you live by? Hmm. And, and Jesus responds actually something that pleased them to hear. Yeah. Which is kind of unique for Jesus because usually, you know, they don't love his response to things. Yeah. It's like he can contend with them, right? Like he... He's been able to hang out with like kind of the normal guys, but then he's like really taking it to the next level and he's actually able to contend. He mm -hmm. has something significant to say. Yeah. And so then he responds to them and he tells them two things that they already know. Mm -hmm. One of them is something they know so well. It's like in their bones. They recite it three times a day, every day. Mm -hmm. And it's to love the Lord your God. Mm -hmm. with, with all of your being. Totally. And then he continues to quote a rule, mm -hmm. which is to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's the greatest commandment. And he sums it up. This is like, this is what God expects from you in your life. Now, when we talk about the law and how Jesus is ushering in a new kingdom and he's fulfilling the law, how do you think Jesus fulfills the law by, by fulfilling the Shema and this Levitical code? Hmm. Yeah. There's something that we kind of talk about as being, it's like this new rule, this new covenant, this new way of being that kind of happens directly because of Easter. It's like up until Easter, there's all of these specific rules, these ways of life you have to follow. And kind of like back in Leviticus, like we talked about with like, here's how priests are supposed to become ordained. Here's how sacrifices are supposed to be done. But it's like Jesus just simplifies it. He, he becomes the new sacrifice. He becomes the new priest. And he embodies exactly the new Shema. Like, how do we love God? It's through loving God himself, but also through lo loving our neighbor. It's just like, simplified and streamlined. Hmm. So he's showing us a new way to be human. Totally. That's pretty cool. It's pretty wild. We're on a good adventure here this week, I sense, you know? Yeah. Like we're stepping into the story. We're, we're pulling it apart a little bit, but we're imagining ourselves. Like I imagine myself watching this altercation between Jesus and these religious elite, you know? And... And it's kind of exciting, you know, yeah. like, like stuff is about to go down. And we know that because like we've read the rest of the story and, mm -hmm. and the book of Mark is, is a historical account of what happened and it's fast paced. Um, yeah. but, but as we think about this and we think about what Jesus has done in terms of simplifying the law. Mm-hmm by saying, now you, now we owe everything to Jesus. 
in yeah. a way. You know, we're going to find that out in a few days. Yeah. <laughs> Why we owe everything to Jesus now. But, but, but Jesus simplifies the law for us and he fulfills it. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we respond today knowing that this is the greatest commandment? Yeah. I think it's super challenging, but I also think it's the most simple thing in the world. What is it? It's, you might have seen people, this on people's bios on Instagram, but it's like, you love God and you love people. And I think it's like we hold one in each hand. We love God and we love people. And we we kind of stare at one hand for a while. I'm loving God right now. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> loving God. And we can sometimes forget about people. And so then we stare at our other hand for a while and it's like, oh, I've totally not invested in my relationship with God. And the two are in a state of mutual symbiosis. It's kind of like when Is that two... biology? Is yeah, that... it's biology. Okay. It's when like two animals get together uh, and they like, they both work for the greater good. But I think in terms of what it looks like to love God more, it's kind of difficult and it's kind of obvious at the same time. It's like, how do we invest in our relationship with other people? Like as an example, it's like, or like how do we, we talk about our relationship with God and it's almost similar to our relationship with people. It's like we invest in our relationship with God and we'd want to invest. And how do we do that? I think like some of the ways we do that at Journey is like we sing, we pray, we read our Bibles and we, we listen. And I think I, if I'm being honest, I'd be the first one to say it's like this is actually challenging to do every day. But if we say that we want to love God and love people, like I'd encourage you to ask that question. It's like when was the last time I actually like read my Bible? If I'm trying to love God, like when was the last time I actually prayed? Like when was the last time I actually listened for God? Mm-hmm. And I think this might be something that's like you need to hear is like, how can you love God if you don't know who he is? Like, kind of like Natalie said, like, we're getting engaged, we are engaged, we're getting married. But like, how, who would I be to say like, oh, I love Natalie's like blonde hair and I love her brown, like, she doesn't have have brown eyes. (laughs) I don't have blonde hair. (laughs) She doesn't. And like, for me to say that's what I love, but not to know who she is would make absolutely zero sense. Hmm. And so it's like, yeah, we need to be like trying to learn who God is and try to know who it is that we profess to actually love. Like that really matters. And so there's these ways like singing, reading our Bible and praying, like those are important and like those are significant things. But other things we can do, it's like we can just be, like we can just listen. Mm-hmm. Or like, what if I just cooked a meal for for people or like even myself and just like let it be this meditative thing where it's just a part of my religion, a part of my life and a mm-hmm. part of the way I devote myself to God. Yeah. And so that's kind of one side of the coin. Another side of the coin is like, how do we actually love people? And like some of, I think this is something we can really focus on is like when we read the book of Mark, kind of like you're saying, like Jesus is the suffering servant. That's what we see here is Jesus cares about people. Like it's like, boom, like Jesus is here helping people. And then boom, Jesus is somewhere else helping people. And that's like super important. But I think like straight up, it's actually really difficult to love people and to love our enemies even. Like if you think that, you, that it's easy to love everybody, 
you're not thinking hard enough. Like, who's somebody that you actually disagree with? Who's somebody that you actually have a hard time loving and try to love them? It's like, if you haven't, it, yeah, I don't even know. It's just so difficult to love people we don't like sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of, I think that's one of the challenges that we have. And in this context, Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. And in a way, Jesus later clarifies, he says, um, like, your neighbor is everybody. But I think a very practical way for us to think is like, what about our next door neighbor? Like, when was the last time I loved my next door neighbor? It's not easy. Like, do I know my neighbor's name? I'm pretty sure I do. But like, sometimes that's trickier. It's like, what if I actually loved them? Like, what if I tried to bake them cookies or something? Or like, like just took time to shovel their driveway or something when it snowed or something. Like, I think it's actually challenging. And if you don't think it's challenging, you're not thinking hard enough. Mm-hmm. But it's so simple at the same time. Yeah. Like, just asking the question, like, what if I actually loved them? Yeah. Yeah. So, Luke, will you pray for us? And, and let's, um, let's invite God to help us mm-hmm. take a tip from Jesus and learn how to not only meditate on this greatest commandment, but to live it out. Totally. I'd be happy to. Let's pray. Yeah, Father God, we thank you for this teaching. Um, God, that the instruction manual you've given us is so, so simple. God, that it boils down to loving you and loving our neighbor. Yeah, God, this is so streamlined for us. It's so clear. But God, that doesn't make it easy. It's still challenging. Um, But Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be empowering us. Um, God, that we would be people who look for ways to love our neighbor. Um, God, that we would be seeking you Um, in the most religious things that we do when we read our Bible and when we pray. Um, But Father, would we also seek to know you more just by being quiet or just by going for a walk or by doing our homework? Would that all be, um, would that be a way that we can glorify you? Yeah, Father, I pray for the crew who's listening right now. Would this be a time that they can take to get to know you more. Father, we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.